I'm Reverend J. Stuart Glover, and you are listening to Faith Talk. Today, I have the pleasure of having an author with us, Jill DeVille. Jill is a preacher, a teacher, and a writer of at least three books that I know about. But rather than I read from her bio, I would invite Jill at this time to share with us how she got to what she's doing today. Hi, everyone. I'm Jill DeVille. I have me and my husband have a little small church in Basile, Louisiana. It's called Gift Ministry of Louisiana. And we've been having that for about five years now. And um, through that, I started writing books whenever I just uh, recently was going through some traumatic brain surgeries and things like that to kind of get the word out and kind of pass it along, you know, just in case um, I wasn't able to do it after all this. So with that said, I, I all of a sudden became an author too. And, um, and God is really using that tool to reach people where they are because not everybody will um, go to church because of people that hurt them or just not knowing what to expect or they have a number of excuses like I did when I was younger too. But my goal is with um, this world ministry is to reach out with um, different things like books or conferences, um, speaking things so that we can bring Jesus to them, just like Jesus comes to us where we need. Amen. You, um, you mentioned that you, were, you have this uh, small church, but I want to ask you this. How, how is it that you came to the Lord in the first place? In the first place, I always grew up uh, knowing the Lord. My grandfather was a pastor, but it was always that um, journey of just going to church. You really didn't put two and two together to do anything really about it. You know, you just was like, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. I'll go to church. But through the through my life, I would always pray and stuff like that. But in 2015, me and my husband lost everything we had. We had this big business, homes, all this stuff, and we lost everything. And that's when we really found Jesus. We was kind of like the uh, on that road to Damascus. We got what Peter was, what uh, Paul was going through then, because it was like you had to lose it all to be able to see it all. And uh, it truly was a journey, and we're still healing from it. Mm. Well, our prayers are with you along this journey for sure. So now you've written three books. Can you tell us a little bit about each one of them? Yes. Uh, Show What You Know is kind of, um, it's based on the first 10 sermons that I had. Um, it's kind of helping people to understand the simplicity of applying God's Word. We all know God, but we don't know Him personally sometimes. And when we get to know Him personally and get to see how He moved, how He acted, how He reacted, and really dive into that, then it helps us to have more accountability on our actions and reactions. So um, show what you know. The first book I wrote, it helps you to understand and break a lot of religious bondage that a lot of people get tied up in and understand the grace and mercy of God and just to how to abide in Him with, with more simplicity. Uh, the inheritance is about um, Matthew 7, 6, when He says, Don't give your pearls to pigs. They'll trample and tear them to pieces. It walks you through uh, journeys to where whenever you're going through something good or bad, that it's not always meant to share right away. Sometimes you're supposed to just have that intimate 
relationship and challenge and goal with God and then get through it and then talk about it as a testimony or show hope to somebody by seeing you grow. I've witnessed a lot of times when people share a problem in their marriage or a problem with their children that they get so torn to pieces it's hard to restore that relationship because people start feeling accountable to not look stupid for forgiving someone because they don't air out everything mm. or they won't take the chance with a job opportunity or a new thing because it seems so out the box and somebody's like why did you want to do that what made you think of that can you do that and it kind of shoots you down so that's what the inheritance is focused on how to to endure through those things and then armor up is the one I just finished. And it teaches you the simplicity of putting on God's armor. When we get up in the morning like a child and, and put on that armor, we visualize ourselves with that steel all around us. So it helps our mind whenever somebody comes against us or when we get hurt or rejected. It's like nothing can get through this armor. Our mind starts to change and our courage and our confidence starts to change because we know that we have that armor on. It helps change something in your mind. Mm-hmm. So when you speak of this armor, for somebody who is, you know, not churched up or doesn't have a, uh, a theological clarity, as they say, on the things of God, how would you explain this armor of God that we need to put on? What I do is I break it down with that simplicity because, like you said, not everybody knows what that is. And um, it it walks you through the belt of truth and the shield of faith and all those things. But even then, people don't really grasp what it is. So I just simply tell them, hey, when you're putting on your shirt in the morning, say, I'm putting on God's protection. When you're putting on your pants in the morning, say, I'm putting on God's provision. When you put on your hat or brush your hair, say, I'm putting on God's salvation. I'm asking him to forgive me of everything that I've done and help me to walk in his way and truth and life. It's just a simple way when you're putting on your shoes or your socks, say, I'm going to walk by faith today and not by sight, and brings it to your mind. It's all about transforming the way you speak and the way you claim things on your life so that you'll be more positive and go to that instead of, speaking the bad things it also dives into what weapons we tend to pick up whenever we um, going through something the devil has convinced us being angry or manipulative or controlling or overworking or being pitiful is strong powerful weapons and we show that in our actions because whenever something happens we react that way and God shows us if we can tap into his peace and his prayer and his forgiveness and his praise and his worship, that's his weapons. And if we can say, hey, these weapons work more than those by showing it, it changes our lives. Mm-hmm. Amen. So, you know, I, I really appreciate you you're using the word simplicity because um, I remember many years ago when I first came into the church, there was a, a, a woman, she was a pastor, and she made a statement to me. She said, um, you know, Jay, I really love so-and-so, this preacher, and she mentioned his name, and she said, the reason why I love his ministry is because he speaks in a way that is very simple and very easy for people to understand. Now, I felt challenged. I mean, I heard her say that, and many years after that, I went into a seminary and, and received a, a theological education in religious education, and and I found um, that's when it really came alive for me because we were 
in the seminary there was a tendency to speak um, you know, in high theological terms and and concepts. And most people don't understand what you're talking about. <laughs> so, right, so, right. So, That's how it was. <laughs> yeah, we need to make it plain and keep it simple so that everyday people otherwise if you don't, you're just entertaining yourself. Right. And what happens to me a lot of the times, and I know it's just an attack from the enemy, is a lot of people that's been preaching for years or been in church for years, they're like, Oh wow, are you a youth <laughs> are you a youth pastor? Because you talk like so simple and they'll say that as to almost ridicule me. I'm like, No. I said when I got to know Jesus and in his word and he would always use parables, I said, Lord, if you want me to do this, I wanna do it like you. I want people to understand because I didn't understand for years and I was in church and uh, I wanted people to understand. So sometimes it doesn't matter if they think that or not. It's just the point that more people can receive when you just speak simply Mm -hmm. and just say it how it is. Mm -hmm. So, yes, we can establish a point of identification and and meet the people where they are. You know, I saw something on your website. that talked about your inspiration about how Jesus went in and met people where they were. Yeah. In their lives in sin and in lost religion or or in their zeal for God. So um that that is a gift to be able to to humble ourselves and and actually meet people where they are instead of expecting them to meet us where we are. Yeah, because that's what we think a lot of times. They got to meet us where we are and have the same faith and all that. And they didn't go through the things we went through yet to see that faith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, tell us a little bit more about the Jill DeVille World Ministry on TikTok, Facebook. And tell us where you are, where it's, people can find you. Yes, we have it on TikTok. Uh, that seems to be where we have the most um, interaction at um, and then on Facebook we also have our live services and things like that. We do these little book it um, events that allow us to sit with uh, mostly women for me but we also I also go to other uh, writers groups where it's men and women and you get to talk about God um, through these books or through this ministry for women's conferences or writers conferences and symposiums and stuff like that where you're able to again just keep meeting them where they're at because they're not always going to go to church because a lot of times they get hurt at church and unfortunately and then they don't want to try it again they'll try mcdonald's again or walmart again but not church again you know and it's just those type of things we have to um, bring them there and say hey jesus gets it he was treated like that too you got to give him a chance it wasn't him Mm-hmm. So, you know, this, this phenomenon of church hurt, I'd like to just exp- unpack that for just a, a little bit. Um, it is a reality. The church is, in fact, a mess. And, and, and the church is the, the unexpected place where you, you know, people don't come to the church with, with expecting to be, have their feelings hurt or somehow yeah. so, or have their emotions, you know, um, hurt or, or disturbed. So... Um, can you just speak a little bit about that and, and, and what, 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 what are people experiencing at the hands of church leaders and congregations? What types of hurt yes. are we talking about? When I ask them, and I've experienced it in myself in my life, is just the judgment um, if, they have, if they don't look the same or they don't dress the same or they don't 
um, yeah, from something as simple as sitting in their seat to parking in their parking space, anything like that is just not expected because they are expecting to be welcomed with open arms because they hear about Jesus and they're like, Jesus loves you and all of these things. And then when they get there, they don't feel so loved. They feel outcast because they um, don't have the certain family look or or ideas that they have because they're coming to them humbly and saying, hey, teach me, I need to know, but they don't want them to judge them and hurt them. They don't want them to just show up at their house and and see them doing all the things that they're doing because they're a work in progress. And sometimes leaders push too much and they I think they push with the right intention, but then the motives begin to change. I think at first they kind of like a parent is to a child, like, I want to save you from all this stuff. I can show you what to do and I can do it for you even. And it, it scares people away because they don't want all that touchy feely, get in my business stuff. They want you to just teach them the word of God and let the Holy Spirit continue to teach them when they leave. If you're hoarding over them constantly, they have no time to hear God because you just don't shut up and um, it becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, when you say touchy-feely and, and, and hoarding over people, I, um, I was in a class and a young lady shared that the most terrifying, and this, this speaks to, you know, heightening our sensitivities to people's lived experience. Um, so the young lady, she shared with me that the at the end of the services, or in the middle, I should say, of the services that she was attending, there was a moment in which they did kind of a meet and greet thing, right? They called it Pass the Peace. And they would, everybody would look at each other and shake hands and, and hug each other. This was before COVID. They would look at each other. Yeah. <laughs> they would look at each other and hug each other and say, God bless you. And for her, because of her lived experience as a child, and what she experienced at the hands of people who were abusing her, that was the most terrifying moment of the service. Yeah, it can be, yes. So I, so what I'm getting at is that, you know, we should, as church leaders, we should, we should educate ourselves to be a little bit more sensitive to people's um, suffering and, the, and the, the, the lived experiences of, of what they've endured and, and try not to violate their space. Right. You're right. Because sometimes they're there just to listen. They're not there to interact or anything like that. They just they want to listen and learn and kind of observe what's going on and, and see what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, um, I, again, where are your books available? Um, the books are available on Amazon and then... Um, they are at, I've been putting them in local libraries to try to get them in there. They're on the database to where if you go to a library or bookstore anywhere, they can order it for you if they don't have it. But I did see it on Barnes and Noble. I've seen it on Books a Million. I've seen it on Amazon. Um, and then I have a website, um, Jill DeVille World Ministry, where you can just click on the book on there and it'll take you to the Amazon website because it's the most cost effective. Usually that's who I published through Um, just because it was, I was able to do it and have a little more um, say on everything. I've tried it through a publisher before. It didn't work out so well. So this gave me a little more 
um, options to do things differently. Um, and then you can also order them personally by emailing in case somebody would want a message in it or something like that. They can um, email me for a copy to be mailed to them. Amen. Jill, you know, I introduced you. I said that you were a preacher, a teacher, and a writer. And there would be those in the, some religious leaders would object to a woman be, yes. being in the position of a preacher, a teacher, right. or a writer. Now, I'm not one of those people. I'll let you know right now. <laughs> I'm, very, <laughs> I'm very supportive of women in, in the ministry. Can you, um, can you um, share a little bit about that, perhaps? Yes, that was a big challenge because I was I was on Jesus' board. You know, I had Jesus all up in me, and I was flowing through me, and my husband didn't And um, at first. And, and so whenever God called me to be a preacher, everybody was throwing a fit because, number one, I was a woman. Number two, he wasn't... Um, he wasn't a, wanting to be the preacher with me. You know, he was like, hey, I support you. I love you. I'll be there with you. We've been together 30 years. So it's like, um, he's like, hey, I'll come in this with you, but I'm not one to do that, you know. So I had that happen a lot. But what people misconstrue is um, in the Bible when that was talked about, that was talking about, I'm sure you already know, it was about business meetings. Paul wasn't sharing that, hey, whenever we come into to the church and we're talking about people's private business that they share with us to pray for us or our business finances or whatever it was that they were talking about, the other person, it just happened to be the women because of those times, is not supposed to speak up and tell everybody what they hear in these meetings. Mm. It wasn't about... Um, not preaching at the pulpit. Uh, God shared that throughout all the Bible, even in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. um, several times that he wanted women to speak up, and then he went to Mary first and said, go tell. But you deal with that in a lot of religious bondage. And finally, I just started saying, because it was bad at first, uh, I just started saying, hey, if you're looking for a man, he's inside of me. He's Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that, that's exciting, um, and I'm totally supportive of, of women in, in leadership positions in the church. Um, I think it's, uh, you know, we we uh, been existing in a, a really patriarchal society that has um, oppressed women in leadership, and I think it's shameful. I had, I had my own pastor put it this way. He said, listen, a woman conceived the Word of God, a woman carried the Word of God, and a woman delivered the word of God. <laughs> wow, that's good. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so what's your problem? <laughs> well, I have to definitely use that. <laughs> yeah, please do. Um, uh, and I, I've had people on this on this broadcast that, that came to me. One gentleman, he made me laugh. He said, no, women are not supposed to uh, preach, you know. Um, he said, but I must admit, it was my wife who led me to the Lord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And that's what happened to my husband. <laughs> so, so you know, it's it's a shame that people are holding on to those um, those values of of finding a woman as being less than, uh, sp yeah. spiritually less than. In all the instances in the Bible where Jesus lifts up women in an honorable way, yeah. uh, um, you know, they still find the 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 convenience to to hold women back from doing what they do. And um, it's a shame. 
so what, Jill? What else can you share us about your ministry? Are you are you you're in Louisiana? What is that like? Are there? Do you have children? Because now youth are yeah. youth are kind of like departing from the church, especially when they get around to the college age. Yes, I see that a lot in churches. The youth, or I have three children. My um, I have a son that's 25, a daughter that's 23, and I have a younger daughter that is 15, and I have three grandchildren. Um, a, a grandson and a granddaughter and a new granddaughter on the way. God bless so that's you. very exciting um, to have those different times in your life, you know, where you enjoy in those grandbabies and stuff like that. Uh, but our youth um, at this little church, we have more youth here than we have adults. <laughs> mm, wow. Um, they, uh, we started this little youth thing we have once a month and children would just come walking down the street once they got word of it. And now they come on their own, and then, um, and then if they hear about the service on Sunday, they'll walk down the street and come to Sunday service by themselves. And they, so I'm believing that they're gonna be the light in their homes for their family. You know, God picked a woman in my family. My God might pick a child in those families to be those lights, and in, um, in our darkness, because they are getting stronger, and that's good. They're eager to know something, and they must like something. We speak right from the Word of God. I'll just sit down, and me and my husband will sit down with them. Now he's the youth pastor. And um, we just sit down with them, and we take a scripture, and we talk about that scripture and how to apply it in their lives right now. Like, what would what would it be an asset to them in school? Like, God can help them with cheat on a test because the Holy Spirit says he'll remind us. Mm -hmm. So if you sit there when you're fixing to freak out because you studied all night or you didn't study at all, you can ask him, hey, remind me what I learned in this class or remind me what I studied. And we just teach them those things so that they can apply them and seek him first. Mm -hmm. And it seems to be really um, activating something in them. And that's very powerful to watch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, is it all just, um, you know, first of all, I appreciate the drawing relevancy from the biblical text and applying it to their own lived experience and, and what they're going through. Because often it's the Bible and God has been presented to young people in a way that there is no relevance to their own lives. And it's all about memorizing scriptures and, and do this and don't do that, a set of rules without any relationship. Um, right. So um, I think that you, it sounds as though you, you're trying to... Um, allow the children to learn that God can, in fact, lead them along their faith journey. Oh, yeah. Trying to help them activate it in everything that I can think of. Mm -hmm. We're talking about the this uh, to, um, tomorrow, actually. We're doing um, a big youth night where I'm going to blow up a big TV screen and just, you know, try to make it fun for them and put the chosen on out there for them to watch and um, after we have a lesson. But we'll sit down for like an hour and talk about stuff, and they're just in it you know they're not waiting for it to be over like I, like it used to be when i was in youth you know they're they're just involved in it because i guess you get into um bring into their world what's going on without asking them what's going on in their family and all that you're not trying to pry into that you're just saying hey when you have a bully come up to you and you teach them about david and goliath and you you teach them about all these things that helps them to understand hey sometimes God does want you to hit them back, and sometimes God wants you to walk away. You know, helping them to understand there's nothing wrong with them. They just have to learn 
how to apply God's word in whatever they're going through. Mm-hmm. So you said you, you use one of those blow up TVs out in the back, I guess. Oh yeah, and I put it out there. The train's gonna pass about a hundred times and make a lot of noise, but it's gonna be okay because <laughs> we in the country. <laughs> but uh, they're gonna enjoy it. So what what other type of act fun activities do do you? enjoy with uh, like the, that yeah. uh, most of the time what we do this is the first time I'm doing that with them usually we'll do like uh, you know how they have the wheel of fortune well we'll do the will of God mm-hmm. so uh, we'll take Bible scriptures or sayings that God said or or things you learn in a song and so one holds the chords and then they make the little lines on the a dry erase board like it's a wheel of fortune game right. with Pat and Vanna and then so they do in that. Um, we'll do these water balloon challenges where it's a multiple choice question. So one, uh, one line of kids will be holding water balloons, and if the person doesn't get the answer right to the um, trivia from the Bible, then they'll smack them with the water balloon. Just something, uh, just something fun. We tried flour one time, and the parents didn't like that so much. <laughs> It was like trying to get that out of their clothes was like glue. Right. I said, I promise I won't do that again. Right. <laughs> I was just trying to give them memory, like something to remember. Hey, I learned the Bible by playing this game, you know, mm-hmm. and it was fun. Mm-hmm. Well, that that's great. That's great. I um, I would encourage people to visit your website, the Jill DeVille World Ministry, to go on Amazon and look for your books. Um, um and I, I would also encourage you to, um, the listeners, to go to my website at www.revenjstewartglover.com where you'll find, um, you can see Jill's bio and some pictures and the pictures of a book. Um, Jill, I want to thank you for being on. And, and I'd, I'd like to somehow connect with you in the future. And, okay, good. And um, at this time, I'd ask you to close us out in prayer. Okay. Lord God, I thank you for this opportunity for us to be together in unity. You said where two or more are gathered, but Lord, we know many other people are going to be gathered with us in this unity today. Lord, we asking that this be a light to anyone that is going through anything, that we can just be hope and be a testimony and be evidence that you are present in this world and that we can do all of this together. We just have to learn your word and apply it in our lives so that we can be set free. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.